You're listening to the Employment Rights Online podcast, where we discuss everything employment rights and the job. everyone. I hope you're doing okay. As many of you received the call to return to the workplace where apparently there's no COVID, but you cannot join with your extended families because there might be COVID. Confused? Not at all. Now, this week, I want to make a quick reference to a new guidance that has just been issued by central government. The guidance came out on the 22nd of July, but the actual change in the regulations came out on the 6th of April 2020. And the change is in reference to calculating statutory holiday pay. So what is often not known is that there have been major issues calculating holiday pay for people who don't work regular hours or people who don't work fixed hours or people who don't have fixed rates of pay. When it comes to holiday pay in the UK, almost all workers are legally entitled to 5.6 weeks paid holiday per year And that entitlement even extends to agency workers, workers who work irregular hours and workers on zero hours contracts. Now, 5.6 weeks paid holiday must, not may, but must reach the equivalent of at least 28 days annual paid leave, including pro rata rates of holidays. So pro rata are the amounts of holidays that people would receive if they work part-time. And those 28 days, it's important to note, can include bank holidays as part of the calculation for annual leave because bank holidays can be counted as ordinary working days unless your contract of employment details a specific enhanced agreement. So you'd have to look on your contract to see if your bank holidays are counted as something different than ordinary working days. So point to note here is that coronavirus doesn't affect your entitlement to your annual leave or your holiday pay. And you're also entitled to carry over your untaken annual leave for the next two years going forward If you can't take your leave because your ability to take that leave has been affected by the impact of the coronavirus. And I did speak about this in an earlier episode of the podcast. Now, you can carry over your leave if, for example, you're classed as a critical worker. And these are workers uh, like healthcare workers, social workers, teachers, care workers, supermarket workers, transport workers and essential court workers. The list is much longer than this, but this gives you an idea of the workers who can carry over their untaken leave for the following two years. Now, what you may not have thought about is that the majority of the UK's workforce are full-time workers on fixed hours and fixed rates of pay. If this is you then you're typically on a fixed monthly salary paid at the same time, same day every month, 
are paid every four weeks. For you, if you take a week's holiday, you expect to receive the same pay at the end of the month as you would normally have received if you had been at work. Pretty straightforward and nothing to be alarmed about. You also continue to accrue holiday entitlement when you're on sick leave, maternity leave, parental leave, adoption leave and other types of statutory leave. You can also request to take holidays at the same time as you are on sick leave. And the way you find out your entitlement to all of these enhanced arrangements is by looking at your contract of employment. However, the situation becomes more complicated when a worker doesn't work fixed or regular hours and does not receive the same amount of pay each week or month or over any particular pay period. What used to happen up until the 5th of April 2020 is that the employer would look at the previous 12 weeks of pay and work out the rates of holiday pay from there. But this system has been consistently challenged as being unfair because workers were complaining that if they worked shorter hours for all or part of the last 12 weeks before taking leave, then their holiday pay would be lower and it wouldn't reflect periods of time earlier in the year when their weekly pay was higher. Now, from the 6th of April 2020, the reference period for calculating holiday pay, reference period meaning the number of weeks an employer must look back to calculate that holiday pay, has been increased from 12 weeks to 52 weeks. So what that means is that the employer can no longer reference 12 weeks to calculate your holiday pay if there are more weeks available. And indeed, the employer now has to go back 52 weeks and take the average of those 52 weeks in order to calculate your holiday pay. Now, there are some provisos to this. So, for example, if you'd not been in employment for long enough to build up 52 weeks of pay data, then the employer should use however many complete weeks of data that they have to calculate your holiday pay. So, for example, if you had been with your employer for 26 complete weeks, then that's the pay data the employer should use to calculate an average week's holiday pay for you. Or, for example, if you took leave before you had been in the job for a complete week, and the employer has no data to use to calculate your holiday pay. Instead, the employer would be expected to pay you an amount for that holiday, which fairly represents your pay for the length of time you will be on leave. And in working out what's fair, your employer should take into account the following things. Your pay for the job, any pay you've already received, because that sets the limit of the pay that you did receive, and what other workers doing a comparable role for your employer, what they are paid. And these three things together, plus the fairness element, should be used to work out what your holiday pay should be. So in the main, from the 6th of April 2020, 
employers are expected to look back at your previous pay for 52 paid weeks to calculate what you should be paid for a week's annual leave. However, also from the 6th of April 2020, to encourage employers to look at pay data fairly, the government has also introduced an element which allows employers to look back for no more than 104 weeks. That's two years of pay data. And the reason for this is that if those 52 weeks stretch over two years, because, for example, you're a zero hours contract worker or a worker who in some weeks will be paid and in other weeks won't be paid, then it may need more than 52 weeks for the employer to get an honest representation of what your pay should be. And it's really important that if you're a zero hours contract worker, that you note this point because an employer may try to say that there aren't 52 weeks that they can use to calculate your holiday pay. The new regulations from the 6th of April 2020 and what I'll do is I'll put a link to the new regulations in the bottom of the show notes where you're listening to this podcast. Just scroll down and tap the link and it will take you to the regulations. But the new regulations make it clear if there aren't 52 weeks in one year, then the employer can go back to 104 weeks, which is two years, but no more than that. And the reason for that, as I've said, is that sometimes you get workers who have only got maybe 40 weeks of pay data in a year because on a zero hours contract, you might not have been paid every week. Now, if the employer goes back two years, that's 104 weeks, and still only finds maybe 40 weeks of paid data, then those are the 40 weeks that the employer must use to come up with a fair reflection of what a week's holiday pay should be. Finally, just so there's no confusion, the Employment Rights Act 1996 defines a week as starting on a Sunday and ending on a Saturday. And also, it's important to remember that there are now no non-working days and instead, your employment rights entitle you to 48 hours off in every week, which can be taken together as two days off or spread throughout the working week unless you choose to work those days. Your employer cannot demand that you work those days off. And on a final note, for your employer not to pay you your full holiday entitlement or to not give you a fair week's holiday pay is a breach of your employment rights. And if you are treated this way, you have a right to complain because a failure to pay you your full holiday pay could be seen as an unlawful deduction from your wages and any money owed to you is recoverable via an employment tribunal. Your first action, though, should be to put in a grievance to allow your employer to rectify the error and pay you all the money you are owed. 
And as usual, if you're a follower of this podcast, then you will see a link to some grievance help documents, which you can use to help you make that complaint. And that's it. If the information in this podcast resonates for you and you want to raise a complaint or grievance, then just scroll down. You'll see the see more button. Press that and you'll see a live link. And that live link will take you to a download where you can download the documents and they're ready for you to use. I hope you find something useful that you can work with. Remember to let others know we are here by sharing our content and leaving us a review about the podcast on iTunes or anywhere else where you're listening. We would really appreciate that because it will help to make the podcast more visible so other people can find us. For now, it's safe to say we'll be here next week where we'll delve into another podcast dealing with everything employment rights and the job. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.